Good morning, good afternoon, whatever. Happy Friday to everybody. It's good to be back. This is two weeks running strong so far this year. I know I'm cutting it close on a Friday, but this is something I actually really wanted to talk about. And so it took a little bit of time to kind of get together and, and make sure the right people were able to come on. So what we're talking about today is Brad Wilcox. Um, I found it very interesting, the reactions he had received, unfortunately unsurprising, however. But anyway, um, I first kind of go off on my own little 10-minute monologue, diatribe, whatever you want to call it, uh, for this episode to give my own thoughts and just kind of what I think kind of the real issue is surrounding all this. And then I bring on Ari Worthen, who's been on the podcast before and has expressed interest in coming back to talk about other topics that I'm sure we'll cover later. Um, And we had a great back and forth because it's just nice to get other perspective on that. Um, I hope you all enjoy that. I wanted to share a quick little story that I had, an experience that I had this this week while I was at the gym. Yeah, total gym bro. Sorry. Anyway, I thought it was funny, but I was just like, come on, the social etiquette of some people. Um, So I'm on a machine doing lat pull downs. I hate working my back, but it's something I probably need to focus on a little bit more because I'm starting to like have tightness in my back and I feel like lifting would actually help, believe it or not. So there I am, lat pull downs, and out of the blue, uh, I, I hear, I, I've got my AirPods in, and they're in the noise-canceling ones, and I see this guy, like, looking at me and, like, kind of talking. I'm like, oh, this guy's, he must be talking to me, but he's, like, loud, so I kind of caught my attention just being loud. I take out my AirPod, and he's like, how many more sets you got, buddy? Which, honestly, asking somebody about how many sets they have left, total fine, totally fine. Like, there's only a limited amount of machines on that, like, just in an entire gym, so totally, totally good if that's the case. Um, but the buddy at the end sounded so patronizing. I was like, who is this guy? And then the worst part to boot was that literally 12 feet, 15 feet to my right, there was another lat pull down machine that was completely open. I'm just like, yeah, some people, I guess, right? Anyway, wanted to share that story because it was just one of those times where I'm like shaking my head in public, just like just the, the self-awareness and the social awareness that people have. It's just, but I guess you're going to find that at gyms maybe a little more often than most random places in public. Anyway, this is a long intro, as I am wont to do sometimes. I hope everybody had a great week. I hope you're going to have a great weekend. Super Bowl weekend coming up. Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Kind of a weird matchup. I don't think anybody really saw that coming. I'm thinking the Rams will pull this off. I don't really know. I'm usually wrong, so I guess Bengals will win. Hope people are gearing up for a fun Valentine's Day or uh, following single Singles Awareness Day, uh, according to how Ari put it later in this episode. We didn't talk about that much, but it just came as this little snippet. Love you all. Have a good one. I'll see you all next week. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking, it, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the, the Mormons, Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right. So today I'm going to talk about primarily, and then, you know, whatever variation branch off comes from there how brad wilcox brother brad wilcox of the he's the second counselor in the young men's general presidency 
and how he isn't racist. I mean, I guess I don't know for sure, technically speaking, he could be racist, but I do not believe what he said was racist. So inherently not making him racist, which is what everybody seems to be talking about right now. That's actually the talk of the Twitter town within the community of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that is, is that he is racist or not racist, depending on which side you fall. But that's the that's the thing, right? Based on a talk, it was based on a talk he gave on a youth fireside in Alpine, Utah stake. And the reason why the big R word is being thrown around in the first place was in reference to a comment Brother Wilcox made basically in passing about blacks in the priesthood. No joke. It's a snippet about one minute long. Uh, he said, "Now this is the quote verbatim what he said. Now, I don't mean to oversimplify a complex issue. And with that, a lot of people took issue because it's like, well, this is an oversimplification. You know what? Maybe it was. I'm not even saying that's wrong necessarily. But he goes on to say, but I sure think we make it a lot harder than it needs to be. For example, how come the blacks didn't get the priesthood until 1978? What's up with that, Brother Wilcox? He does these rhetorical questions. What, Brigham Young was a jerk? Members of the church were prejudiced? Maybe we're asking the wrong questions. And I, really quickly, I just want to take a little side note and say, Brother Wilcox is very CES-oriented. And by that, I mean he loves to speak in high emotion. He loves to ask rhetorical questions. He gets a little preachy sometimes, probably. I actually have appreciated a lot of his conference talks since he's had this calling, which hasn't been very long, just a couple of years, I believe. He loves to appeal to his crowd, and more specifically a younger crowd, which is what he was the crowd he was appealing to. That's an important point that I think is being overlooked, So, but I'll talk about that a little bit later on. He went on to say in that talk right after that, right after what I had already quoted, maybe instead of saying, why did the blacks have to wait until 1978, maybe what we should be asking is, why did the whites and other races have to wait until 1829? 1,829 years they waited. And why did the Gentiles have to wait until after the Jews? And why did everybody in the house of Israel, except the tribe of Levi, have to wait until da 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 And then he just kind of keeps going on with his talk, which, you know, I'll be honest, out of context, that doesn't sound great. Even in context, you do kind of question his overall approach. Like you're kind of thinking like, wait, where's he going with this exactly? Like it's, it, at best, it's without tact. I actually would say that 100%. But his thesis doesn't actually match have much to do specifically with blacks and the priesthood, the thesis of his overall talk. And the biggest problem isn't the content of what he's saying. The biggest problem is the assumption that everyone on the other side of the aisle is making. They're making it their Super Bowl. It's like they're just waiting in the wings to you know, point out who is terrible within the church, right? It's the people that are generally non-members that were former members of the church. It's an insatiable mob. They're a jovial, once again, at an opportunity to willfully malign a prominent member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because somehow it justifies their own bad behavior when that contrasts so greatly with the basic tenets of the Church's gospel. I'm honestly seeing this everywhere. It's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's probably even on TikTok. I don't know if the TikTok missionaries have picked it up yet. Maybe they should. I do not believe Brad Wilcox is racist. Certainly not from the quote that he gave in this talk. He's cheesy as hell. I'll give anybody that. He was born to be an EFY headline speaker. His best accomplishment would probably be something along the way of what John, by the way, has already accomplished in his life. 
a release is self-perceived best accomplishment, right? He loves appealing to his crowd, especially the younger generation. I mean, to a little bit give you a little bit of context to what I'm talking about here is that this is in his probably self-published bio on his own website. Reading, writing, teaching, and traveling are some of his favorite things. He loves peanut M&Ms and pepperoni pizza, but he realizes that doesn't sound too healthy, so he is really trying hard to learn to love salads. I mean, he's like seriously, that that's who we're dealing with here. He he's a happy guy, he's a nice guy, but he's also cheesy, and maybe he overlooks some potentially complicated points in his talk, and he doesn't really give them much weight, I and mean, maybe he should give them a little bit more weight, but he doesn't, and that's not his point. That does not make him racist. He's merely trying to contextualize his overall thesis, which, by the way, didn't have much to do with blacks in the priesthood, had a lot more to do with God's, the, being able to accept God's timing and things, whatever that may be, right? That could be priesthood, that could be marriage, that could be callings, whatever. His overall goal was wanting to find an applicable, contextual situation which the younger crowd could easily follow along, which, by the way, when it comes to blacks in the priesthood, let's not forget that the church has a somewhat complicated explanation of their own. Of, as to why black members of the church didn't receive the priesthood until 19, 1978. In their own press release, they basically chalk it up to being products of their environment of their time. I don't question the revelation being given in 1978 as much as I question the church's PR department, quite frankly. And what I mean by that is that the church themselves have a hard time explaining things, even through their PR department, which, by the way, if you're really good at PR and you're a member of the church, there's a high chance you will not go into PR for the church, leaving them, you know, a bunch of mediocre PR men running the show. And that's what you get. And so Brother Wilcox himself, you think he's going to come up with some great explanation? Maybe he should have avoided the topic altogether, or he could have at least rewarded it quite a bit differently. But that's, again, not the point. Right? I don't think the church's PR department can release any statements with confidence that talk about issues like race, polygamy, women in the priesthood, etc. So leave it imperfect men, like Brother Wilcox, to explain in imperfect terms something that people, especially young ones, have a really hard time conceptualizing. Ultimately, if you break it down, Brother Wilcox isn't dismissing anything. He's merely trying to explain that there's a precedence for these things and that God has a manner of doing business with his children and the best we can do is be grateful for the blessings we can enjoy now, not the blessings we may have been deprived of from before. And if you go back long enough down any line, believe me, you will find situations in which you feel like your ancestors may have been targeted unfairly for whatever reason or the next. Brother Wilcox did, in fact, release his own apology through, I believe, his social media. He said, My dear friends, I made a serious mistake last night, and I am truly sorry. The illustration I attempted to use about the timing of the revelation on the priesthood for black members was wrong. I've reviewed it, what I said, and I recognize, I've reviewed what I said, and I recognize that what I hope to express about trusting God's timing did not come through as I intended, as I intended. To those I offended, especially my dear black friends, I offer my sincere apologies and ask for your forgiveness. I am committed to do better. So like I said, it's not like he said these things clearly or any, that he articulated it well or anything like that. The absolute worst part of this whole thing is that everybody that's going after him, or I should say the vast majority, knows he's not racist. They know that. Racism today, honestly, isn't even recognizable as the racism of yesterday. Right now, we're seeing a lot of lazy jerks out in the world. We're seeing people that are very naive at times, and I would categorize myself in the latter as well, at times. But, Ben Shapiro, who said this before, the supply of racism doesn't meet the demand. Well, that's kind of what we're seeing right now. This is not racism. 
It may have been lazy. It may have been overlooking what he, the point he was trying to convey to the specific crowd in a way that seemed potentially dismissive of a topic that a lot of people take seriously. That is a complicated topic. I'm not dismissing that either. But ultimately, what this is, is an excuse to take a hit on, on the church. Seriously, what we're seeing is people come out of the woodwork and they're saying, oh, this is why I left the church and my life has been better ever since. It's the reasons like these. And it's like, no, it's not. I'm sorry. Like these things are not going to push you one way or the other. You're just looking for whatever justification you can hang on to as a way of making it seem like you should feel better about your decision to leave the church. When in reality, even though there are hard situations, hard topics like these, doesn't mean the organization it's tethered to has is isn't a great organization still but apparently context has no home when it comes to accusations of racism context has no home when it comes to pointing your finger at anyone you don't like with the intention of getting them canceled maligning them as whatever pejorative term you want to apply in the moment etc just like the old journalism adage don't let the truth get in the way of good story you could just as easily say Don't let context get in the way of a racist accusation. All right, joining me to talk about the Brad Wilcox scenario, uh, to share her thoughts, who's been on the podcast many times before, Ari Worthen, who I'm actually really grateful. I'm grateful for a female perspective here, seriously, Um, because he does talk about a little bit of feminism stuff in there and priesthood, things like that. We don't need to get into all of that. We can if you want. But more than anything, I just want to kind of hear your response because I know we talked about it and I was wanting to get your thoughts out there as well. Just in general? Yeah, just in general. Just tell me initially, like, what are you thinking? Like, um, what was your first reaction seeing that? Like, am I crazy? Like, I, before, so before yeah. we recorded this, I went on a huge rant talking about how it's not racist. Like, it yeah. may have been naive and things like that, sure. but not racist. Yeah, I think my initial thoughts when I saw the, um, uh, snippets mm-hmm. of his talk uh, was one of I guess frustration but I wanted to get the full context so you were initially frustrated with what he said like maybe blacks or sorry not black specifically he's like but maybe we shouldn't be asking why blacks didn't receive the priesthood until 1978 we should be asking why whites didn't receive it until yeah like just like some of those comments i was like yeah. what is he what is yeah, he going alone, on about yeah, that i was like, those, like i just started to cringe it was, it, <laughs> i felt myself go oh yeah God. it does come across a little bit as like blacks just stop complaining exactly we all have, you know, it just like, felt yeah. <clears throat> those clips were dismissive mm-hmm and worrisome and so i watched the full thing the full talk um so that i could get a better idea of what had happened and it was still hard to watch if i'm being honest um i felt that his delivery delivery was exceptionally poor uh i don't think he articulated his point of view well whatsoever I think he was um careless in the way that he um shared his message quite frankly and so it was hard to listen to um and I can see why people are frustrated and upset however I do feel like a lot of people have jumped on this as an opportunity to 
throw him and the church under the bus. And that's what I don't like. Well, I'm more curious at this point, because I, I actually don't disagree with a lot of what you say. Like, his delivery was off. Like, there were some things that he said where you're kind of like, that's strange. Like, I, I, his, like I had mentioned before, his overall thesis of his remarks makes sense to me only in the sense that you there are a lot of reasons why the priesthood is withheld from the earth we just happen to live in a time when you know whites got it first or whatever and that sure. it was withheld from a certain mm-hmm. race and that, yeah like that that you look at that and you're like well that seems complicated to explain because why because we live mm-hmm. in a we live in a free land free world you know that shouldn't exist um so i had a hard time thinking just all that aside with his kind of laziness maybe in how he explained things or his dismissiveness that's actually what i would call it i I would say he was a little bit dismissive Mm -hmm. of that where it's like that's not the question we should be asking maybe the question is this and it's like well people can ask any question they want like you can ask the question why didn't they receive it till 1978 that's totally fair and valid i like nobody should not answer that question that or ask that question that wants that question answered and maybe maybe a tough time getting an answer but it's still worth looking into yeah, I think he kind of lacks awareness as no to tact. what is going on in the world today in terms of, like, what people want to hear. Gone are the days where people, where it's good enough for, um, like, the explanation he was giving was is good enough for people to be okay with. Like, people want further explanation uh, around these topics or you know you know what i mean it's just not well that's just how it was so oh well yeah like move on yeah no that's not good enough anymore yeah and i'm included in that actually because i would appreciate uh more um information or like a deeper explanation of why these things were if available you know i i would because i have a hard time accepting uh, why things were, especially when it came to the blacks in the priesthood, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to to comprehend how that was even okay. So I think that the generic answers that have been given by leaders in the past are no longer good, good enough. And I think he just fell into that category where it was like, well, this is how it was, so kind of, oh, well. And we could unpack that for a while, honestly. But I guess the ultimate question I have is because the thing that got me where I was like, this is kind of getting out of hand, was the racist application. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I kind of want to ask you point blank, was what he did oh, rea- racist? Oh, the reaction to it? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it was racist. Right. I don't think was it was. Was it perfect? Far from it. Like, there, he could have uh, gone I, that up. I think, it, like I said, I think it was a very poor delivery. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't I, think it's racist, though. Yeah, and I don't even disagree with that. I think his delivery could have been a lot better, which is a little bit weird because he's been like he's been part of that CES circuit for a long time. Like he's all about the EFY feel goodery stuff. And and seriously, you could tell while he was speaking. If you watched, if you watched his talk, which I know you did, um, he's really trying to play to his crowd, and he's trying to be like mm-hmm. like funny. He's trying to be like, hey, like. He's asking himself these rhetorical questions like, Brother Wilcox, what about this? You know, and it's kind of like, yeah, this is definitely cheesy. And I think what had really happened here was that he had overlooked 
kind of that that idea where it's like if you're gonna talk about complex complicated issues that not a lot of people can answer very easily or where people like have some have, be more sensitive to it that's what i mean have some yeah you know because deploy don't, some don't, empathy or like just be very be sensitive don't bring it be up careful. when you're trying to play to your crowd in that way exactly because it came across a little like you said just kind of a bit like goofy almost. yeah it was a little bit goofy Right, yeah. and I get he was speaking to the youth, so I understand that. But that subject and the way in which he approached it was just not appropriate. I mean, I don't even know if I'd go as far to say that it wasn't appropriate necessarily, because I his think his delivery. You... I think his delivery was not appropriate for with this subject. Um, may, yeah, I mean, his delivery was off. There's no question. So I guess yeah, that would qualify as inappropriate. I just mean he can. What I guess I should. What I really want to say is. He can bring it up in that context. He can. Yes. Um, yeah, oh, no. With those absolutely. kids. But you need to be a lot more careful about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, Just fair. be sensitive to it because it's a sensitive it, it's a sensitive topic. Yeah. And it brings out a lot of emotion in people and as it should. Yeah. The hardest part about all this is what you had said, which was that now people are taking advantage of this. Okay, so yeah, that's the point that um I kind of have a hard time with in addition to uh brad's poor delivery with this talk was brad, that you're on a first name basis <laughs> what do people what do people call him i don't know that just sounded funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah him and i have <laughs> yeah you guys have hung out before <laughs> i've read his books yeah um he is smart i mean real quick i do want to say like i actually have enjoyed a lot of his conference talks to this point i really I think have. Like, he's, he's brilliant he's actually stood out to me <laughs> this was just yeah no, not the, one of his finest moments there are exceptions to everything yeah yeah that's and not we're not readily dismissing this as nothing just because we've enjoyed some of his past talks i get that so exactly. anyway, sorry, I just and want to so, but what i'm saying is this is what um this is the other issue that i had <laughs> is that there are people out there who saw this most of them wouldn't have watched the full talk anyway but regardless they saw these clips and the opportunists just had a field day mm-hmm. yep. opportunist is a good way of putting yep. it in. anyone who started going on about him being a racist um and you know posting it all over social media i'm like i'm gonna even go as far as throw this out there if they're going to scrutinize somebody like this so heavily then they should be able to do the inverse of that as well which is when when a prophet of <laughs> ours gets up there and talks so lovingly about something mm-hmm. why don't they believe him <laughs> yeah exactly. like if they believe that what Brad Wilcox really is, is a racist, mm-hmm. then they better believe when President Nelson comes out Good and point. talks about how much he loves people that we we do, like the church loves people. Mm-hmm. But instead, they, for whatever reason, they're playing by their own rules. That's why I call them opportunists. Yeah, that's a great it's way just, of putting it. It's just these opportunities for them to vent their yeah. own negative feelings that they have toward these church leaders or the yeah. church in general. And it happens time and time again. We see it and it's going to happen more because of social media and technology in the world today. I think every church leader now is going to fall into a situation like this at some point um, if they're not exceptionally careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that bugs me is that I think that I, I believe based on, I guess, the little that I do know about Brad Um <laughs> And his books and just um, videos that I've watched and the other talks that he has given in the past, he comes across as an actual very loving man. Yeah. 
and um, I'm sure he is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would think. And too. so now, now given that this talk was not his finest moment, I find it so sad that people will take this opportunity to define him and his character right yeah this one moment where he clearly did a poor job they jump on it and define him as a racist Mm -hmm. or define him as a clown or define him and what it whatever other you know names are being thrown his way right now but it's like i can tell you what I don't think there's a single person on this earth who would be okay with people defining them by a single poor performance, poor life performance that they have made or like a mistake that they have made, a single mistake. I know I sure wouldn't. Yeah. You kidding me? I've made plenty of mistakes and it would be terrible for me to be defined and my character defined by that one single moment and i know no one else would want that so it that's what's sad to me is that there is this talk where he he kind of really did screw up and it went viral and now everyone's jump you know these opportunists are jumping on it Mm -hmm. and, and, and calling him things like racist and and whatnot it's a very unforgiving oh it's like, so unforgiving culture. yeah it, which is it's full of hate. It's just, yeah. it's so cold. Yeah. Like, why can't we just say, you know what? Yeah, that was not great at all. And you know what? I can guarantee Brad feels really, really bad about this. Yeah, I'm sure. I can guarantee he spent the past few days reeling and feeling extremely sorry for for this. Guarantee. Do you think he's ever going to do this again? There is oh, no, no way. No chance. Yeah, there is no way. I'm sure he learned a lot. Like, let's this. just let's just offer him some compassion and be like, yep, that was that was cringy, not great, but hey, let's just move on. I'm sure he's not gonna do this again. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say this too, like it's kind of ironic because a lot of the people now I'm not saying they're like atheist or agnostic. But a lot of them have the ones that are coming out criticizing uh, Brother Wilcox, you know, as this demonizing him as some sort of racist or whatever, and that he's just basically this offshoot of an overarching racist church and philosophy, all that stuff, and are being very unforgiving about it. Well, there's no question that. Well, I mean, I would I would venture to say there's there's no question that their own belief in the atonement has shifted, right? Because if if they're deviating away from the church, there's a likelihood that. You know, what they used to believe about the atonement is is definitely at least different. And then maybe some of them have abandoned that altogether. And so for a very unforgiving culture that they exist in, it's ironic that they don't believe there's an atonement either. Mm-hmm. Now, that primarily applies to um, atheists and agnostics, obviously, because if they don't believe in anything after this life, then they don't believe in an atonement. Therefore, uh, all forgiveness is up to them. Mm. And I don't know, this may seem a little tangential, but I do think it's interesting as a like a broader conversation that those that forgive the least don't tend to really believe in the atonement when when forgiveness is the oh. like Yeah, absolutely. all you have. You know? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I agree. 
But any other thoughts to kind of sum it up right now or anything, any messages you want to give to your friend Brad before we wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not really. I think he's got, he'll have, I honestly, this would be probably one of the harder weeks he's had. For get, sure. When you get put in the, yeah. the social light like that online. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm really looking forward to his conference talk come this April. Do you think he'll be speaking? Oh, that's a good point. He probably won't be speaking because not the, the entire young men's general presence. He doesn't speak. So, yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would have been great timing. Yeah. would have loved that. But, yeah, I, I... I think people just need to be slower. To criticize. To criticize. Yeah. And, and hey, I've been guilty of that, especially when it comes to politics in the sure. past. Yeah. Um, and which I've taken a huge break from that because I saw how quick I was to criticize mm-hmm. uh, those who believe different than I in terms of um, my political stance. However, it's just like, yeah, I, I, th- I think this is a good lesson for people just to um, remind themselves that we don't need to jump so quickly to point fingers and criticize others. Show some grace. Yeah, let's extend some grace. Well, and like you said, like you, you, like you, you deep dive into anybody's life you know, deep enough, you're going to find something mm. extremely less than stellar, mm. to put it nicely, exactly. and at worst, really, really bad. Yeah. And, you know, it may not be readily available on social media or whatever, sometimes it is. But the overall point is that everybody is on the chopping block. There is nobody that is exempt from this. So let's not be quick to apply terms to somebody that certainly isn't that way. Yeah. You know, naive absolutely oh naive like, yeah let's do let's do that like, like i i could see i could see that i could yeah. see brad being maybe a little naive yeah um maybe a lot even mm-hmm. i don't know he i i could see that mm-hmm. um dismissive for sure yeah. right but and is I he think, racist I think, no <laughs> it's like like i said i don't know i can't say that but i i certainly know Not that based those, off of this talk based off of that i could certainly i would never say he is no i that. i could say naive yeah, maybe yeah, or dismissive, dismissive, or ill prepared, yeah. or or um, insensitive. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I can guarantee you this will never happen again. No, yeah, for at sure. least not from him. No, definitely not. Yeah. Listen, um, learned. Apparently, there have been a hard listen, learned. A couple more videos of him surfacing, of him saying stuff similar or whatever. But I'm sure it's all the same. I don't know. I haven't really looked at that. But yeah. anyway, um. Well, we wish our friend Brad the best. Yeah, Brad. Yeah. It's all right. Keep your head up, pal. <laughs> Buddy. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about us in our opinion. He cares. I think he cares about us. I don't know if he cares about our opinion. And you know what? Maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's best he doesn't. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Maybe he'll listen to this. We'll see. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Anyway. Well, thanks for coming on, Ari. I really appreciate it. And... uh Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to everyone. It's Friday. (laughs) Happy Friday. Happy Valentine's Day next Monday. Uh, Yeah, I'm not the... (laughs) I don't really care for Valentine's, if I'm being honest. Oh, okay. I just thought I'd throw that in there. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Make sure everybody's aware of that. That's good. (laughs) I support February 15th more. Just Singles Awareness Day. It's very sad. It is very sad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you on again soon, I'm sure. Bye.
I remember falling so madly There must have been magic in the valley And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time, I, I If it takes time, I, I